What defines crazy? One way Urban Dictionary defines crazy is someone who will go against the rules. A person who acts in a manner that normal society does not approve of. We would add that crazy can be defined as enigmatic, meaning mysterious or speaking in riddles, often misunderstood. God tells us in Isaiah 55, 8-9, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Yet even though he is enigmatic, he tells us in seven places in scripture that if we seek him, we will find him when we search with all of our heart. Journey with us as we seek him and explore the evidence that confirms God be crazy. Welcome back to God Be Crazy, y'all. We are so glad that y'all are joining us today and just wanted to start off and say thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. And we also just wanted to say thank you in any other way that you've supported it, talking to your friends, sharing it with uh, friends at church. And um, if you have not got a chance yet, we want you to rate and review the podcast on your favorite platform because doing this may allow other people to see the podcast and spreads the good news that God has given us to share. You can also follow God Be Crazy on Instagram. Some of you have asked about getting a God Be Crazy shirt, and we will be taking orders soon and we'll announce this on Instagram, so look for the updates there. Also, we have a special prayer request in need. We're looking for a social media marketer and need your help. It's really important to Christy and I that this person already appreciates or supports the content of the podcast. Anyone could do the job, but we're looking for a specific person who is Holy Spirit-led. So if this is you or someone you know, then reach out to us. You can DM us on Instagram, on God Be Crazy's Instagram. And if you don't know anybody, we would appreciate that you just pray for us in the search for this person because they will be instrumental in leading people to the podcast, which is ultimately leading people to God and a deeper relationship with Him. So with that being said, we're going to jump in today's episode. It's a, it's a big one. <laughs> it, it reaches every human on the earth. <laughs> um, today we're talking about forgiveness. Yeah. And all of us need it, and all of us need to pour it out. So, Christy, when you think of forgiveness, like, what do you think of? Uh, I think we just start with this simple definition. Right. Um, forgiveness is a conscious, deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment or vengeance mm-hmm. toward a person or a group of people who have harmed you regardless of whether they actually deserve your forgiveness or not. Mm -hmm. Because they don't have to be sorry Mm -mm. for us to release the bitterness or anger or vengeance that could um, manifest in our own hearts. Yeah. You know, forgiveness brings the forgiver a peace of mind and it frees them from the bitterness that can take root in our heart, you know? Mhm. Yeah, and I think for I think most people, I mean, I haven't done the research on this, but it seems like in <laughs> Yeah, we didn't do any studies. <laughs> I didn't pull the whole earth, but I think from from my interactions with people, it is does not seem natural. Um it is it is 
in our human nature to want to see with our own eyes and know that justice has been served. We want to see someone who's committed a crime pay for their crimes. We want to see that there is some sort of justice being done. And it's hard sometimes when we've been, everybody has been wronged and all of us have caused that all of us have, have done wrong. We've all sinned against others and harmed others, and we've all received that. And um, for some, it feels very unnatural and almost like wrong. I've heard people say, it, well, if I forgive, it, it's like they got away with it. It's like they're getting off the hook. And that's not true at all. It's like you're getting off. (laughs) You're getting a ticket out of your also your bitterness and your hatred and your your need for this vengeance or this justice to be done. Um, And then, you know, as we were talking and planning for this episode, it was clear to me like the way that you you're you're just more inclined, I think, as a human to readily forgive people and you have been through some very serious, you have been on the the receiving end of some very serious offenses. And walking and journeying with you through those, I I am sitting on a on the front row of your healing journey has been um I might cry. <laughs> um has been really amazing to see your readiness to forgive people who are not sorry. In fact, go on to repeatedly offend in similar ways to other people. And um, to see your heart for that person to be restored to Christ or to know them or to not never pay for their sins beyond this earth, you know, for, for people to be repentant and to know God and for the people who have harmed you quite severely that have impacted the tra- the trajectory of your life for you to still say, I want them to have a good life. I want them to know Christ on the earth. I want them to die and receive eternal life yeah. is, is just, um, and you wear that, you wear it in your heart and I can see that in, in engaging with you. I love you. <laughs> love you too friend it is interesting though like when we were talking you know as you were describing things I was thinking like I don't I don't feel that way mm-hmm. like you're you were talking about sometimes it being hard to forgive yeah. certain things and I we just realized as we were sitting here talking we might need to address both kinds of people because mm-hmm. I I don't feel like forgiveness is super hard for me and I don't I don't know why that is or what mm-hmm. you know the best thing that I can equate it to is that I really do feel like the best thing I can do is give it to God mm-hmm. you know and so instead of me trying to now don't get me wrong when somebody hurts <laughs> my feelings of course I'm human so it does run through my head like Mm-hmm. How am I going to get them back? You know, but, <laughs> but that doesn't, it doesn't yeah. stay there. You yeah. know what I mean? I don't hang out on how do I get them back? What do I eventually uh-huh. come to? And fairly quickly for me, I don't know why that's just the way I process. Mm-hmm. Fairly quickly it comes to, you know what? I can't do anything about this. And if I hold on to it or keep ruminating over mm-hmm. it in my brain, 
then it's just going to cause me problems. Mm -hmm. So that's when I just take it to God and I say, listen, I, I don't want to play this over and over in my head. I don't like what they did. But I don't want to keep doing this. Mm-hmm. So can you take this? And I'm just going to leave it with you. And mm-hmm. I give it to him to deal with them. Yeah. And if it's someone that I have to readily engage with regularly in life, mm-hmm. you know, like say it was a, a, an acquaintance, but one I, I see frequently, you know, mm-hmm. then it may be something that I have to say to them. You know, like I may have to say, listen, the way you handled that, was offensive to me, mm-hmm. and I just need to put it out there. And sometimes it's enough for me to say, to say you've offended me. And sometimes people don't care because mm-hmm. that's the way people are, mm-hmm. you know. And if that's the case, then I have to figure out how to deal with that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But most of the time, for me, I will just, I will just say it to someone. I will just say it. You know, you hurt my feelings, or, mm-hmm. and if it's something like. The abuse that was done to me as a kid, I obviously am not going back to my abuser's face and saying, you hurt my feelings Mm -hmm. or you shouldn't have abused me or you, you know, like I'm not doing that. But what I can do is give it to God Mm -hmm. and say, God, they hurt me and there's nothing I can do about it, but I don't want to live in that. Mm -hmm. I want to give it to you and I Mm -hmm. want you to forgive me or to give me forgiveness for them. Mm-hmm. Help me to love them. And more importantly, because of my life and because of what God has shown me throughout my life, I know that it's not his desire that any human should go to hell. And it is also not my desire that any human should go to hell. Mm-hmm. And seeing what I've seen, what he's allowed me to see and experiencing what I've experienced, I truly don't want that. Not for anyone. Not even the people who have hurt me the most. Mm -hmm. And I think that helps in my willingness to forgive Mm -hmm. because I I don't want anybody to go to hell. Mm -hmm. I don't want anybody to suffer like that. Mm -hmm. Even if I know we throw here in our carnal world, we throw around a lot, a lot, the phrase go to hell or they we wish they would Mm -hmm. or you know we throw that around a lot but in reality I don't want that for anyone because I've read the bible I've been shown things and I don't want anyone to go there to experience the torment that lies in wait for those that that go there no and I think that's a good perspective to have to love someone is to you would never want that for a person that you love Mm mm-mm And you mentioned um, saying, I forgive you to a person who might be in your life. And I think it's important to also to mention that you you don't. Like, you wouldn't go back to your abuser and track that person down and have a sit down with that person. It's not appropriate. It would not be okay. Um, And there are people we don't, we have to discern who needs to hear that, who should we go to and say that to. Yeah. And who do we need to forgive and release in the secret place with God? And that be a thing that you know has been released off of off of your heart and that you have been obedient 
to God's call to forgive others just as you have been forgiven? Mm-hmm. Um, and when do you have to say it and have a sit-down conversation or you know, a, a conversation at all? And when does it not need to be said? Yeah, and I think that's an import, important um, distinction to make. And I, I think we should dig in a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. You know, like the people that you have... Let's talk about let's talk about our family and our close friends. Let's talk mm-hmm. about them for now because that seems to be the people that really fall into those categories. Maybe people that you work with or mm-hmm. your family members, your immediate family members and and your close friends. If you're talking about forgiveness with those people, what does that look like? The people that I am remaining in contact with, I believe are deserving and it's needed to overtly say um, I wronged you and I'm asking for forgiveness or you hurt me mm-hmm. and I forgive you. Yeah. Um, because to stay in relationship and we do this, you're, you're my, my very best friend. <laughs> <laughs> and we know that we are called to do God's work and we cannot do it. Right. If we have unforgiveness between each other. We can't do it if we have unforgiveness with anybody else. Right. But especially with each other, if there is anything in between the two of us and our relationship or connection, we don't want to give Satan a foothold in in what God's calling us to do or in our relationship with each other. And And so it has to be said. Well, and that's exactly what happens whenever we harbor any unforgiveness or bitterness or anger or jealousy or resentment or any of those things. That's exactly what we're doing. Mm -hmm. We are giving him just a tiny foothold, and that's all he needs. One Mm -hmm. little thing to to sneak in between, Mm -hmm. and he interferes with what God has in store. Mm Mm-hmm. And you can't, I know for me, I can't be, and I think this applies to all of us really, but you can't be who God put you on this earth to be with bitterness covered up in all of that. If they don't, they're oil and water, they do not mix. A house of the Lord, the spirit of God cannot flourish inside of me where resentment and anger and bitterness are also held. I can't hold that. Like, it hurts me. Ooh, I could, <laughs> I could get terrible thinking about that. Like, holding on to that is so draining. And to release it, oh my goodness, I had a, I had a, a moment with the Lord recently where I could, mm, this is this is really getting me all <laughs> these feelings about this. But I had a recent um, encounter with the Lord where I just felt His kindness and goodness wash over me. Oh, and I just sat in it and I just sobbed probably why I'm tearing up now thinking about it. Um, all the goodness and all the grace and all the kindness and all the love and the presence of the Lord that he, that he has continuously poured out on me. I, I have to do what he tells me to do. I have to forgive because I have been so greatly forgiven. I have been so greatly yeah. loved. Um, the When I get really hit, like I am in this moment, recalling <laughs> even many other moments of, of his, the depth of his love and presence on my life and in my life, um, it is, I want to do that. I want to release the hurt and the pain and the abuse that I've endured um, on his shoulders to carry it. And I told him recently, um, 
take it, like take it off of me. I give, I give this to you. I give these people to you. Um, but wherever there is anything I'm holding on to, will you just come and rip it off of me too? Or show me where I need to free it up? Um, because I don't want to carry this. It's heavy. And I think it's important that whenever we tell him, God, take this from me. I don't want this. Mm -hmm. I'm giving it to you. I'm Mm -hmm. releasing it. That we also take ownership in that so that, I mean, to say that whenever we're going about life and that thought about that person who Mm -hmm. hurt you comes into your mind instead Mm -hmm. of playing that over again, stop that thought and Mm -hmm. say, no, Mm -hmm. I give this to God and I'm going to allow him to handle that and change my heart and speak something true that God has told you about that situation or about you or about Mm -hmm. him, his Mm -hmm. love, his mercy, his grace, like speak over Mm. that thought that's, that's ruminating in your mind. Yes. I think what you, what you're saying reminds me that forgiveness is both an event and an ongoing process. Yeah. Because I've forgiven, um, the, the same hurts, it seems like over and over and over again. And, and then sometimes, you know, I'm in, I have to be in relationship with some people who are, are, are harmful to me. And when they offend again, when I'm harmed again, um, it brings up an old wound that just is gaping open again. And I, I, I think it's an outright lie when, um, I hear in my head sometimes, or maybe it's the accuser, I don't know, but one way or another, I feel like, I, did I forgive, you know, or, well, maybe I haven't forgiven if if I'm feeling this again, and I don't think that's entirely true. I think I've done many rounds of forgiveness, and I think we can do many rounds. It's an ongoing process of forgiving, um, but when we're re-wounded in that same place, it hurts, And when you get hurt repeatedly over and over, um, it's a call to forgive every time too. And what I'm learning and experiencing is that I can be hurt and forgive in the same, in the same body at the same time. I it doesn't mean that when you forgive, you're not hurt anymore. It also doesn't mean that the offense or the harm or the abuse or whatever you endured is, is invalid. Well, it doesn't mean it's okay. Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you're not sure how to turn it into reality? You need Ready, Set, Podcast. They make it super easy to create your own podcast. They can help record, edit, and publish your idea. They have prices to fit any budget and options for both hobbyists and professional podcasters. So if you have an idea, reach out to them for a free consultation on their website or social media at www.readysetpodcast.xyz. Ready, Set, Podcast, turning your brilliant idea into reality. Yeah, and just forgiveness does not require pardon from the consequence. I mm-hmm. mean, just because you are forgiving someone doesn't mean that you're releasing them from the consequences of their actions. Sure. That's not that's not true at all. But what it, what forgiveness does require is the absence of malice on your part against that person. Mm-hmm. Even if that person isn't sorry. Yeah. You know, it goes back to... There has to be no desire on your part 
for spiritual harm on mm-hmm. that person. Mm-hmm. None. That is how you forgive. No desire for personal revenge or spiritual damage. We don't have those rights as mm-hmm. Christians. We don't. That what happens when we forgive is that we as Christians desire to see whoever has offended us recognize their sin, repent, and then be restored. That's what that's what we hope occurs. Right. Now we don't have they have free will and God has to chase them. It may be that uh we forgive them, but like you said what you do, release. I just give them to God. That they're they're gods yeah. anyway. But in my spirit, I acknowledge that they are gods. It is not mine to go chase them down and make sure that restitution has been paid appropriately and justice has been served. Um, It's you release that. You release that determination to to get some justice. Yeah, that this reminds me of this quote from Jerry Bridges. Mm. Um. It says, forgiving cost us our sense of justice. We all have this innate sense deep within our souls, but it has been perverted by our selfish, sinful natures. We want to see justice done, but the justice we envision satisfies our own interest. We must realize that justice has been done. God is the only rightful administrator of justice in all of creation, and his justice has been satisfied. In order to forgive our brother, we must be satisfied with God's justice and forego the satisfaction of our own. Mm-hmm. Amen, Brother Bridges. Mm-hmm. And that's from, that's from his book, The Practice of Godliness. We agree with you. And furthermore, we're called to forgive. You know, the Lord tells us all throughout Scripture that this is what we are to do. In Matthew six fourteen through 15, he says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. We don't want our unwillingness to forgive to lock us out of the gates of heaven yeah. and lock us out of community with God on earth. Like that disconnects you from the Lord if you are not willing to follow in, in, with what he said. You're not a follower of Christ if you're not forgiving. Mm-hmm. You can't call yourself that. Right. So, you know, in Ephesians also, this is pretty important, Ephesians 4, 31 through 32. It says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. You know, anyone can be nice to someone who's nice to them. Right. It takes some work to be kind and forgiving to someone who is unkind to you, who is not asking for forgiveness and has no intent to treat you differently. That's a high call. That is truly a follower of Christ. Yeah. Um, Also, though, if that is truly the situation that you're faced with, like, how often are you putting yourself in a situation to be in communion with that type of person? That is a good point. If we 
are routinely putting ourselves in front of a bus, so to speak, and getting hit or offended against constantly, we then have to take a look at our participation in that cycle Mm -hmm. of hurt. Right. Or abuse, even. If someone is constantly hurting you, it's going to be pretty challenging to stay in a forgiveness state of mind as you keep taking those punches. Yeah. And so I think this calls, I think we ha- you can't have this conversation without saying we are also called to boundaries, to standards mm-hmm. of holy living. And if someone we're in relationship with, especially if we're in relationship with a fellow believer who continues to offend against us, then it is necessary that we put a boundary there between them and us. You'll need to separate yourself in some form with that person in order to be able to forgive them, I would imagine, to truly be able to forgive them and to heal. So that kind of brings brings us to the difference between forgiveness and reconciling. Forgiveness does not require pardon from consequences. It does not mean forgetting. It doesn't mean condoning or excusing offenses. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness is a conscious, deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment or vengeance toward a person or a group of people that have harmed you, whether they actually deserve your forgiveness or not. It doesn't obligate you to reconcile with the person who harmed you or release them from legal accountability. Right. And and reconciliation, the definition we're using for reconciliation is not just simply like restoring friendly relations, which is like the generic form of reconciling. We're mm-hmm. talking about restoring relationship, connection, trust, community, like a bond is being restored. You can be friendly with lots of people that you forgive and don't have community with or connection with. Yeah. But we're talking about the kind of rec- reconciliation we're talking about is you are remaining in connection and community with that person where you are depending on them or bonding with them or sharing your life with them. It's not just an acquaintance. I think it's also important to mention that reconciliation is not required by God. However, forgiveness is a direct instruction from the Lord, and it's not optional for followers of Christ. You can absolutely forgive someone and never speak to them again. Mm-hmm. And in times, it's essential. I mean, the most obvious one would be an abuse situation um, with someone who is unrepentant. Or if you have someone who's really say what people say and what people do, there's a big difference sometimes with, right. some, with some folks. If someone says they're sorry and they're not showing sorry, They don't have a a repentant heart doesn't keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. Change has not taken root in that person's heart if they are able to easily and readily repetitively offend. Right. So when people say they're sorry, it's important, or when we say we're sorry, it's important um, to show sorry more than it is to declare it with your mouth. And so when people, when we say we're sorry, where when people say they're sorry to us, it's important to watch those actions. So someone can keep hitting you or keep doing that same thing. Sorry, 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 you know, but setting that boundary is really important. And then deciding, is reconciliation possible? 
it's essential when we're reconciling or considering reconciling with someone, repentance must be present or there cannot be true reparation of that relationship. We cannot be reconciled to God without repentance. So why would we assume that we can be reconciled with anyone else without the same process? Exactly. Because repentance is the key to any hope for reconciliation in any relationship. And instead of struggling to forgive others because we think it implies that we should reconcile, we can separate them as two different things. We can forgive people who have hurt us while leaving the possibility of reconciliation up to their actions and God's power to heal our hearts. Exactly. It is up to... It's important that that we respect another believer's right to choose whether or not to reconcile. If it's there, if they're the wounded, then they have to work that out. Like, like you said, it is up to us as the wounded people to look at the actions of the person who we might reconcile with and try to work on our hearts to forgive them, but both have to be present. And if it's, if you're hurt and you determine that you can't reconcile or it's not appropriate, sometimes it's because there are the behavior is continuing or the harm is continuing. And in Ephesians 5:11, we are instructed to have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. So if we have to make that decision to cut ties or to set boundaries with someone who's harmed us. Um, Sometimes that requires that we expose that to them, that we have to um, state or reprove or reprimand or bring to light the, the sins or the harm that was specifically given to us. We're not called to just remain silent in that. And if we do remain silent, we're essentially complicit with their sin. Matthew Henry is um, a commentator that I I really enjoy reading, and I get a lot of stuff from him. Um, He says that we must prudently and in our places witness against the sins of others to endeavor to convince them of their sinfulness when we can do it seasonably and pertinently in our words, but especially by the holiness of our lives and religious conversation. Reprove their sins by abounding in contrary duties. So essentially, he's saying, if you're going to reprove of someone else's sin, you better be living a holy life, like clean up your house. And furthermore, it needs to be done in, a, 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 he says, seasonably and pertinently in our words. So you don't just come at someone and rebuke their sin. You first get your own house clean, make sure you have repented and you're doing so. If you can't rebuke in love, then you shouldn't be doing it. And if you have rebuked someone inappropriately or with the wrong intentions or heart, then repentance is the next necessary step. Mm -hmm. So for you and I, 
whenever we're kind of in an ongoing constant routine with this, like you are my full length mirror and I'm your full length mirror. So we do that simultaneously sometimes, like where if I see something in you that I also see in myself, then it's a simultaneous conversation about, hey friend, I see this in you, but I'm also very aware as while I'm seeing this in you, I see this in myself. And so it's and vice versa, because mm-hmm. that's what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, it, it goes on to say in Ephesians 5.13, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. And so going on with like Matthew Henry's commentary, he talks about how well, this is his exact quote, actually, when we are endeavoring to convince sinners and to reform them from their sins, we are imitating God and Christ in that which is their great design throughout the gospel. Some indeed understand this as a call to sinners and to saints, to sinners to repent and to turn and to saints to stir themselves up to their duty. The former must arise from their spiritual death and the latter must awake from their spiritual deadness. In doing this, when we have conflict with each other, it, yeah, uh, I can't think of any time where there's like a completely innocent individual, perhaps, you know, we all have something that we could look at in our hearts, or we all have moves that we play in the dance between a re- in a relationship. But this verse, verse 13, brings to light to me that we are all to be um, refined and shaped whenever we have these conflicts with each other. It's a, it's an ongoing thing, and it's also an ongoing opportunity to look at um, and put our full-length mirror up. Yeah, if you've done harm to, to someone and they've chosen not to have an ongoing relationship with you and not to continue that relationship or to put it on pause for the time being, mm-hmm. this is a boundary, and you have to honor and respect that. And if you're truly sorry for what you've done then you honor that boundary and that sometimes is hard and you have to accept the consequences that that come with the damage that you've done whether or not you perceive that damage to be the same as the person that you've offended and if you have said to someone you know what I do forgive you but you remain hostile or bitter or condescending or you continue to throw what they did in their face then have you actually really forgiven them Mm -hmm. probably not because bitterness and forgiveness do not mix yeah and like oil and water do they go together so if you notice a lot of you know a lot of ruminating thoughts of anger and bitterness and, you know, resentment towards another, but you say you forgive, that would be time to check your heart. Um, which brings me to just tell you all or, or call you all, if you're listening this to this today and you are a, a person or a group of people keep funneling through your mind, that should be something you pay attention to. Yeah. So if you have any unforgiveness in your heart towards someone or you're recognizing that um, you're thinking about a person or a situation or maybe flashing back as as you listen to this episode, then just 
notice that and maybe call to your attention or ask yourself, um, is there anybody who is that? And, and is there anybody that I'm holding any unforgiveness in my heart for? And if it's obvious, I'll deal with that. <laughs> if it's not so obvious, if you're like, I don't think I am, I would encourage you just to, to maybe dig a little bit deeper. Is there any anybody that seems to be on your mind? Or um, as some people say, you have these fake fights in your head, you know, where I said this and then she said that and then and it never really happened. If you're spending a lot of time in your head, fighting with people you're not actually (laughs) talking to, um, you might have unforgiveness in your heart. So check in with yourself and do that in the presence of God and ask the Holy Spirit to show that, and um, He will. Yeah, and if you're on the opposite end of that spectrum and you are the person who has done the offending and you have repented and you've asked for forgiveness, but you're not necessarily getting the feedback that you had hoped for, that you wanted, I encourage you to take that also to God, not to the people that aren't giving you what you want. Because sometimes that's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. So take that to God, wrestle with Him in it, and be patient and see what comes next in the process. D.A. Carson said in his book, Love in Hard Places, the idea is not simply that we have been forgiven and therefore we ought to forgive, but that God himself in Christ has forgiven us and therefore our debt is incalculable. No matter how much wretched evil has been done against us, it is little compared with the offense that we have thrown in the face of God. Yet God in Christ has forgiven us. If we know anything of the release of this forgiveness, if we have glimpsed anything of the magnitude of the debt we owe to God, our forgiveness of others will not seem to be such a large leap. Thanks for listening to the God Be Crazy podcast. If the message of the podcast resonates with you, please make sure to subscribe or follow so that you never miss an episode. We also encourage you to rate and review it on your favorite podcast platform. By doing this, you may help others hear the podcast as well. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or just share it the good old fashioned way. Talk about it with the people in your life. It is our hope that you will be blessed and strengthened by the truth and crazy love of God. 